Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the show, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. There is a great teacher that we live with every day that quietly, efficiently, and elegantly is teaching us about relationship, interconnection, and teamwork. It's our body. We know that our body is intelligent. We know that the systems in our body all have a particular job, but they come together building, renewing, repairing, rejuvenating. The question, of course, is whether we are in sync with our body. Do we listen to the messages it gives about the things we ingest, the physical activity we participate in, the amount of mental, emotional, and physical stress that our type of mind and body can manage? Today's guest, Robert Rogers, is a plant medicine teacher who specializes in herbology and medicinal mushrooms. He's going to talk to us about ways to get in sync with our body as well as how to rejuvenate the brain naturally. Welcome, Robert. Thank you very much. It's really good to have you here. Robert um, has, what, 52, 53 books? (laughs) He speaks around the world, and he's a great teacher on, on plant medicine. So I'm really pleased to have you here and to share with the audience. Thank you. So I'd love to start with what got you interested in natural health. I believe uh, the fact that I was very sick as a child. Um, I contracted uh, tuberculosis from an uncle who came back from the Korean War and I was about six years old. And so I had a number of years of difficulty with respiratory problems. And, you know, I, uh, as uh, Carl Jung says, only the wounded physician heals and <laughs> they can only heal to the extent they've healed themselves. And possibly that's part of it. Very interesting. I didn't know that. That that's fascinating. And then I went into. I came to the Edmonton to become a medical doctor, and I did that for two years pre-med. But then I really didn't think I'd make a very good physician, and I switched into botany and and hence into plant medicine. And here I am. And probably like a lot of people, I don't know, but often when people make those choices, they do not always realize that there's a path opening up, right? Right. Yeah. had no idea, really. Where it was going to lead you throughout the years. Very, very nice. I, I love that. It's interesting. So there was something that caught my attention in, in your bio. And that, um, let me tell you first off, what caught my attention is that you are an assistant clinical professor in family medicine at the U of A, the University of Alberta. And I'll ask you a question about but what caught my attention is often we hear about either Western-based medicine or, you know, some of the other types of medicines, which I think you refer to as integrative medicine. And so I found that encouraging when I read that, 
that you are invited in to be with Western doctors and hopefully open up the door for more integrative medicine. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, it is interesting that 50 years after my introduction to, you know, pre-med that I am invited back in to uh, family medicine. And uh, I think part of it is that uh, uh, my background, a lot of my studies of particularly boreal forest plants and medicines are from initially from an indigenous perspective. And so some of my early teachers were Cree medicine people. Mm-hmm. And so they have an Aboriginal um, aspect to the uh, family medicine stream. And uh, so I was invited in to help uh, with some publications and some, some work that way. And I occasionally do uh, seminars or conferences or uh, do I'm interested in some um, holistic oncology and type 2 diabetes in the uh, indigenous community. So those kinds of things interest me. And I'm, I am finding that more and more there is a movement towards an integration of what we would call Western medicine or what they call traditional medicine, mm-hmm. but what I really think herbal medicine is traditional. I agree. The reason I use Western and traditional is because that's the way people typically think about it. But I agree. Yeah. 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 And so the the average health consumer is uh, searching for uh, the least, um, the, the manner in which they can treat whatever health conditions they have in the simplest, uh, lowest cost, uh, less invasive, less side effect type of, uh, of uh, arrangement. And I think so more and more there is pressure to, to shift the emphasis away from pharmaceuticals and surgery, uh, which are necessary at times. They are necessary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But very often some of the uh, lesser complaints can be often dealt with by nutrition or diet or exercise or so preventive, right? Preventive medicine. Right? Yes, exactly. preventive medicine. And then when something has gone too far, that preventive medicine isn't going to help. You're saying then, of course, we need a surgeon or we need, you know, a different type of medicine, right? Right. I, yeah. I, I believe within the next generation, we're going to see more community-based type of health clinics where many modalities are available to people. And depending on the... Um, collaboration and how that works so people will get the best of all worlds you know what I find that very hopeful because I know that it has been a slow process and and you in that field have probably even noticed it more than me but I would love to be able to go to a clinic where I could work with somebody in a preventive way but then also have the support if something has gone too far and there has to be a different intervention and then be able to go back Two, um, in recovery to be able to work with it mm-hmm. so that it doesn't reoccur somewhere else. So I think that's hopeful. I think that is hopeful. And we were chit-chatting before, and you mentioned that some universities have faculties. Am I, is it faculties for? Well, there are around 60, at last count, about 60 universities that have medical uh, faculties that are, have integration with uh, what would be called complementary alternative medicine, and so a true integrative system. And uh, more and more, we're finding that there is that um, 
crossover that is quite exciting, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's what about 70 years ago, uh, acupuncture, for example, was considered quackery. Yes. And uh, very often herbal medicine was cited that it had no double blind placebo controlled trials. And all of that's not true. And so, as we really look at true science and don't pick and choose, if it's science and it works, uh, we should be using it. Yes, I like it. Very, very, very interesting and very helpful. Does Edmonton have anything, by the way, at the university? Yeah, they do. In fact, oh, there's an uh, integrative health institute uh, that has around 120 different uh, professors, I would say two-thirds from the, from the faculty of medicine, uh, looking at different ways to, to help to create research opportunities, uh, papers that would be influential with regards to integrative health. Very good, and I'm glad to hear you're part of it. I, I, you've you know, got a great reputation, so that's brilliant. Thank you. So, you just recently, very recently, I think about a week ago you said, um, have released a book on rejuvenating the brain naturally. So, what is your interest in brain health? How did this come about? Uh, it came about over the years. Uh, my my own mother and my father-in-law both passed away about seven years ago. And the last five years of their life were very painful to watch in that it was either senile dementia and or Alzheimer's uh, that they they suffered in, 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 uh, in long-term care facilities. And, uh, and as I started to do more and more research uh, based on my background as a herbalist, I started to look at the literature and the reality is that 80% of what we know about the brain has been researched in the last 20 years Hmm. and 80% of that in the last five years. Hmm. And so as I started looking at the different conditions that involve brain health, um, there are thousands of citations of ways to approach this from a natural perspective, including nutrition, supplementation, herbal, uh, yoga, music, uh, vibrational therapies, whatever modalities were researched and double-blind studied uh, interested me, and so I couldn't help myself. I had to put a book together. (laughs) Because that's what you do. (laughs) You are. That's what I, yeah, it was a topic of interest. Yeah, I love it. And so... Are you talking about uh, you're talking about opening up those pathways in if they've become uh, broken down or because you, you you're, you're talking vibrational medicine, learning yoga, all those different things. Is that well, what you're seeing as a first step? Is there a way for us to rejuvenate them? Yeah. So yeah. I would say that the, uh, the the first premise would be that the brain has a neuroplasticity that we are not set, it's not set in stone, neither our DNA totally controls what manifests because we have the ability to upregulate or downregulate certain genetic predispositions and shift that. We're not victims of our DNA. And so that's true of all parts of the body, including the brain. Uh, The brain needs certain things to function properly. And uh, modern society 
uh, and some of the dietary choices that people are making are preventing us having optimal brain health. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is some of it, even though we may have inherited a particular weakness, um, how we're taking care of ourselves will either say, yes, this is going to become full-blown because you're not doing anything to prevent it, or just in the choices we make in our diet and movement, that type of thing, right. that we can um, not have, we may not have to go there. Absolutely. I like it. Okay, so we're about to go to a break. It comes up so quickly. And when we come back, Robert is going to talk to us a little bit more uh, about brain health and what can what we can do to through I guess any age really whatever age we are to stay keep our brain healthy and growing and yes so stay tuned and we'll be back with Robert Rogers Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. We are back. I am talking to Robert Rogers, who teaches plant medicine and is a specialist in herbology and medicinal mushrooms. He's just finished releasing a book on rejuvenating the brain naturally. And he's talking to us about some of the things we can do to create brain health. So, Robert, give us some ideas. You already spoke a little bit about some things, but give us a few more ideas. Yeah, I I think that uh, the number one premise would be that uh, we should really be paying attention to the quality of the fats and oils that we take into our diet. Um, That is, of course, we all know that we should stay away from, you know, uh, trans fats and hydrogenated fats and all of those kinds of things. But the actual ratio of omega-3, 
which comes from fish oils, algae, uh, to the omega-6, uh, is one of the leading reasons why there's inflammatory conditions within the body, including uh, the intestinal system as well as the brain. And so really making sure that we have adequate amounts of omega-3 fatty acids is imperative to brain health. So you would you say that's like... like- Right up there, right number the one top. on the list. Um, for vegetarians, what would be the alternative to fish? Uh, algae. Algae, sorry. So, al- say so, that. Yeah. so fish get their omega-3s from the chloroplasts of algae. Go where the fish go. <laughs> and and, and by, by eating algae, which is now uh, basically grown in different parts of the world under pure systems, uh, you're going to get all of that DHA, EPA, those those parts of omega-3s that are essential for, for brain function. And so would you say that eating algae is better than supplement, like a, a supplement? Well, many of, the, many of the algaes come in forms that are very difficult to add, except to smoothies or something like that. Of they, course. They come yeah. in capsules or they come as a powder. Um, and, uh, but uh, algaes, microalgaes, as opposed to macro, which are like the seaweeds, Though seaweeds are, have other great function, but the microalgaes uh, uh, like a spirulina or chlorella and some of the other um, green element uh, algae, they are the ones that really are beneficial. Excellent. What's number two on the list? I would say number two would be uh, ensuring that you get both adequate amounts of vitamins, particularly vitamin B, and you avoid certain vitamins. For example, uh, just about all of our processed foods, including breakfast cereals, all contain uh, additives like folic acid. And about 40 to 60 percent of the population cannot utilize folic acid. In fact, it interferes with their ability to to methylate or to detoxify our body mm. properly. And so by having folic acid as a uh, additive in uh, our foods, it prevents fully functioning detoxification and is problematic in over half the population. And so that's a serious issue and people need to be aware of that because if you begin to look at labels, you see folic acid in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the perception is that it's a good thing, right? Yeah, the perception yeah. is. In yeah. fact, in fact, perceptions by Health Canada, for example, uh, kind of mandating that folic acid be added as a supplementation. And so that so buying vitamin vitamin B complexes that do not contain folic acid but contain a folate type uh, is a is another step that can really help prevent uh, brain uh, dysfunction. Hmm. And what else? Oh, lots. There's of so many things. So um, you mentioned earlier about so physical activity. We hear that a lot, and you didn't mention, but I'm saying, you know, just exercise. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. imperative yeah. to uh, uh, even uh, recent uh, studies suggest that 20 minutes of a moderate walk three times a week is really useful for brain health and keeping you from aging. And, and some of the studies have shown that uh, 
it doesn't take that much to integrate that into uh, anybody's program. No, and this is what I like. Often when, you know, somebody is talking about, okay, preventive health and that, oh, people just think one more thing to do. But you're talking about three times a week, a 20-minute walk or a variation on that. That's very manageable. Right? And in fact, forest bathing, which where the walk is actually taken in nature is even more beneficial for the brain. Did you say forest bathing? Yes, I did. <clears throat> is that like just being surrounded by those brilliant trees? And, yes. Oh, I like that. I wasn't sure, and I yeah. thought, did I miss something? I like that. It's a term of, uh, uh, I forget what the term is, but it's a, it's a uh, modality that was uh, brought from the Japanese. Okay. And in fact, it actually is given as a prescription in by medical doctors in Japan to some of their Patience, you need more forest bathing. Getting the nature, getting yeah, to nature. Getting connected yeah. with nature, very important, not just yeah. for yeah. adults, but for children as well. Oh, so. of course, because they're always plugged in now. And so not everybody has access to a forest, but there's lots of parks, right? So that may not be as good as getting out in a forest, but parks typically have trees. Is Am I oh, hearing uh, that? It's, it's uh, one study out of uh, the Netherlands actually showed that in the urban setting, the more percentage of uh, parkland and uh, and uh, urban uh, grassland and trees are totally related to mental health. So we need people like you going and talking to the people who are the architects of our cities to say, let's bring this in, right? And let's get our rooftop gardens in and let's get our... A whole other show, Robert. Well, I would <laughs> I would say that recent uh, studies suggesting our increases of carbon dioxide and climate change that is definitely occurring um, can be greatly mitigated by planting more trees. So, by planting more trees. Yes. And being, I think, clever if we live in a city to yes. Yes, support that. Very good. So one of the things you mentioned we were chatting about is the connection between gut health and brain health. So can you just, for those of us who are not in the field, break that down. What does that mean? What it means is that many of the very important neurotransmitters, including serotonin, which helps us feel good, dopamine, which is related to, you know, reward, those kinds of uh, serotonin, for example, 80% of that that neurotransmitter is produced in our gut. And via the vagus nerve, it goes to the brain where it's utilized for uh, mental health. Uh, many of the antidepressants, the, select, uh, the serotonin uh, uptake inhibitors, for example, the SSRIs are all related to ensuring there's adequate serotonin produced uh, or, or reutilized by the brain. And so if we don't have a healthy gut, uh, basically our second brain, then we will not have a healthy brain. Um, The second side of that story is a little more complex in that certain individuals and certain products in our diets, for example, Roundup, which is a notorious um, uh, aggravator of uh, the lining of our mucous membranes of our gut, creates what is known as leaky gut. And many people today suffer from irritable bowel and Crohn's and colitis, et cetera. Um, and compounds that are, are in the gut, which should not be escaping, 
are now going into the bloodstream and creating in the brain, leaky brain, where these toxins are that are in the intestinal tract now go into the brain and cause dysfunction. They cause the production of, uh, say, beta amyloid and tau, TAO, um, placking that is in the brain, uh, which is how the brain protects itself from these invaders. And so we may have it backwards with regards to some, some conditions like Alzheimer's. We think that these amyloid plaquings are the enemy, but they actually are the compounds that are protecting us from the invaders. All right. So, you know, I'm hearing, for sure we want to go more into that, but what I'm hearing again is how the, the our bodies are really teaching us how to work as a team and that one thing does this and affects this and everything is in relationship, right? And, uh, you know, we, we seek that, we study it, but we forget that our body is giving us that message all the time. And when we disrupt one part of it, it's going to create, it's in relationship. Our gut and our brain have a relationship together. They very much do. In fact, yeah. 90% of the messages go from gut to brain versus 10% brain to gut. And I think most of us have that backwards. Yeah. You know, we've, I think... We were taught that. We were taught that the brain is the big kahuna, and it is. I mean, the bottom line, we need it. But that that we're learning so much more about the gut. Yeah. Our microbiome. And the health of that, which is greatly affected by lots of medications, including antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, disrupting the normal flora there, and that needs to be corrected. And uh, uh, people are beginning to recognize, and research is finding, that there is a direct connection between gut health and brain health. Hmm. Fascinating. And so you briefly touched on inflammation. I, th- I think I heard you say something. Can we come back to that? Just, you know, listeners may possibly don't have like a big, uh, a, you know, a, a background in this. So mm-hmm. so you're talking about inflammation in the gut. And inflammation in the brain. And so tell us what, so inflammation in the gut comes from, is it first the food we're eating? Yes. Okay. I would say so. Uh, the imbalance of uh, the microbiome. And also compounds that actually can aggravate, including certain pharmaceutical drugs, will aggravate uh, the inflammatory process in the brain. Uh, it is not well known, but it's true, that basically an aspirin mm-hmm. will not only cause stomach bleeds, but also cause brain bleeds. And, and by taking that on a regular basis is probably not as beneficial as you would be led to believe from the advertising. Um, but inflammation in the brain uh, ha- occurs from a number of different uh, uh, reasons. The, one of the main ones, of course, is that there is a plethora of over-the-counter medications that people take called anticholinergic drugs. And, and these are everything from your um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories to your, your Tylenol to your uh, cough syrups to whatever. There's over a hundred of them on the market on a, in a drugstore. And all of these really cause uh, the inability of your body to produce the acetylcholine, they're anticholinergic drugs, 
the acetylcholine that allows for adequate brain um, communication. The little neurons of the brain, they need to be able to fire little messages across the, hmm. the, the nodes there. And uh, uh, anticholinergic drugs tend to suppress <coughs> the inflammatory process that may occur from, for different reasons, like <coughs> fevers or colds or flus or whatever. And by suppressing that, you disallow the ability of the brain to actually create the ability to use the immune system to actually go through the, uh, prevent chronic inflammation, go back through the acute inflammation in the brain to normalize. Hmm. And so this is a big problem. It's one of the reasons why we have a lot of chronic inflammatory conditions in modern society is the overuse of some of these medications. Fascinating. There's a point you made that I would like to come back to. We're about to go to break. Okay. And um, when we come back, we're going to have Robert continue to share some really important information about some of the things we're taking that can be creating challenges in the gut and in the brain. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Katherine Potter, You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. I'm talking with Robert Rogers, who is a uh, plant medicine teacher specializing in herbology and medicinal mushrooms. And Robert, before we went to break, you said something interesting about some of the over-counter medications and probably 
prescribed medications. What I think I heard, and, and I'm going to ask you to clarify, because I'm not as well educated in plant medicine, and you know maybe a lot of our listeners aren't. Did I hear correctly in in basically you're saying we're not giving our body always the time it needs to naturally fight disease that we're reaching too quickly for some of those medications? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, is that the suppression of uh, inflammatory process, whether it be a cold, a flu, a fever, um, by cutting that off, you're not allowing the body to return to its normal state of, of, uh, of uh, homeostasis. And uh, in the brain, what happens is that there is a choroid plexus. I don't want to make it complicated, but mm-hmm. there's an area of the brain that actually is associated with our immune system. Mm-hmm. And that our immune system will not work function optimally if that mechanism is interfered with. Um, a couple of years ago, they found that um, was not believed that the lymphatic system, for example, had any thing to do with the brain, that the blood-brain barrier blocked any any passage of any kinds of toxins or other conditions. And now we know that uh, what is no, now known as the glymphatic system, starts with the G, uh, is actually in that, in that tissue surrounding. And only during adequate amounts of sleep do toxins in the brain get an opportunity to drain out so that we can have good nutrients in and toxins out of the brain on a regular basis, and maybe part of why we're having chronic brain conditions. It's interesting because in some ways, um, when we progressed and we became better educated, we went away from what might have been better medicine, right, in and now we're trying to come back. We're trying to, I, I think what I'm hearing is we're trying to be intelligent, but also be intelligent about what our body can naturally do and not not override uh, right. the body's intelligence, right? Right. I yeah. Th- I, yeah. I think be that preventive, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think people uh, are being able to just go over in, in just buy a over-the-counter antihistamine or and many people don't think twice about it but as research is done uh, people are now finding that uh, it's pretty interesting uh, one study out of Quebec they took a group of 20 to 25 year old students and they had them do uh, a mental exam and then uh, they put them on a, a, some type of an antihistamine for one week Mm-hmm. And, and then they redid a, a similar type of exam. And across the board, all of the students uh, suffered significant uh, a mental decline in one week. Mm. So some of these medications that people take for months and for years, like Ativan or anything for anxiety or depression. Um, so we're now finding that these are, have had some minor benefits for some people but by and large they actually are making the conditions worse and important to really be informed by working with a team of doctors to find out you have a particular condition you know what is your best choice because like you said sometimes 
we need that sort of intervention, right? But right. there's probably other things. I would think someone like you would know that there's other things to do to help alleviate some of the um, oh, yeah. stress that, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, for example, no one really has ever died of a, a what I would call a wet fever, where you haven't, you know, you're fighting some type. That's the only way our body basically can fight pathogens like viruses or bacteria is to raise our body temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, certain herbs like yarrow or elderflower or peppermint teas, uh, they actually naturally allow our body to induce a sweat. And as soon as we sweat, of course, we, our body cools down. And so there are natural ways to address the issues. It's just that the average person's not really taught about that. No. And we live in a very fast world. And we have to get rid of something really quick. And we have a headache, we take something right <laughs> yeah. now. Right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah, right. So after somebody has been on um, certain types of medication, if they come off and, and, and mindfully, you know, working with a doctor, working with uh, other healthcare professionals, can the brain rejuvenate also if there's been a... Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, for example, uh, one of the great books I read in the last few years uh, is by uh, uh, Dr. Berenson, and he wrote a book called The End of Alzheimer's. And he took uh, eight individuals, eight or ten, I forget, uh, individuals, and put them on protocols, and all of them, all of them improved greatly with, with regards to overcoming their Alzheimer's-type symptoms and their mental function, all of them. So his book is highly recommended, The End of Alzheimer's, but uh, it's not the approach that is being taken. A great number of dollars are being spent uh, on finding a magic bullet. And at last count, over 200 uh, pharmaceuticals uh, for Alzheimer's have been have gotten to the stage of, of uh, phase three clinical trials and then none of them are approved because they don't work. Hmm. So maybe we're looking at it backwards. Maybe there's not a magic pill. Maybe it goes back to basics with what kind of food are you taking into your body? What kind of thought patterns are you promoting? Uh, it's super important. Uh, everything from drumming circles mm-hmm. to yoga to swimming uh, any of these kinds of uh, group activities. And and I think one of the real keys to mental health is actually reconnecting with community. Um, by and large, uh, our society is becoming more isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't have the same degree of cooperation and communication together, maybe not even know their neighbors that well. And because of that, that isolation... Um, doesn't allow for really great mental, spiritual, um, soulful type of communication and and health. And so what I'm hearing again is it needs a holistic approach. Very much. It's not just diet. It's not just, it's all these things combined. And some of these things, to me, suggest some common sense approaches. Yes. Right? That don't look at it in a piecemeal way, but look at the quality of a person's life and start filling in what is missing and then see what the body, which is very intelligent, can naturally do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think that uh, one of the keys that 
we have to also recognize with mental and brain health today is that we have a number of toxins in our environment that were never there before. Mm-hmm. And so we need to uh, really examine different ways that we can detox the body in a safe manner, uh, which is just as important as how, it, how good is the quality of the food we take in. How well do we detox our bodies as well? Uh, because that plays a key role in whether or not um, we are, have a fully functioning brain. Uh, many, many people today, particularly uh, as people get older, have sleep problems. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, if you're not detoxing your brain properly, how could you have good mental function? Because you're saying that during sleep, that's where we're doing a lot of our detox. I'm asking, by the way, is that that's correct? correct? yeah. Okay, and so then if we have compromised sleep, then obviously we're not having the time we need. Um, you know, it's kind of like assimilating, digesting, and letting go, right? It Where's really our is. letting go time? Really? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And so it seems a little bit of an easy solution, but I find it fascinating that often we will try the hard thing first and not listen to what our body naturally knows how to do and not pick up on our own cues, right? Right. Yeah, I think that individuals who want to to look at these issues from a preventative uh, perspective, let's say you have a family history of senile dementia or Alzheimer's or you have individuals who have attention deficit or autism or a number of, or, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, all these kind of conditions uh, that really there are a lot of uh, modalities of uh, not just dietary, but other modalities that can help with individuals to bring back to homeostasis brain health. Mm-hmm. And so that's the gist of, of what the book's about. I like that. We're going to talk a little bit more about what people can find in the book. We are going pretty soon to break. And um, when you come back, I'd like to ask you a question about meditation because I have a love for meditation and brain health. So everybody stay tuned. When we come back, we are going to continue to talk to Robert about the wonderful, delicious brain and how our body is so intelligent. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Katherine Potter. I'm talking to Robert Rogers. And we've been talking about brain health and how we can uh, do things that are pretty common sense and natural to promote better health within the brain. So before break, Robert, I asked you about meditation. I'm, I love, I, when I say meditation, I'm, I, I have been meditating for like 30 years. I've taught meditation. And um, I, you know, I've obviously read some studies about how it creates good things for all parts of our body. Do you have any thought about meditation? Absolutely. Uh, I think the studies indicate that uh, meditation directly affects uh, brainwave transmission and our, our, our brain functions well when it's given the opportunity to have a degree of silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, however people can attain that for themselves, and meditation is a great one, uh, just stilling the mind for a period of time, it's almost like resetting the button and allowing people to uh, um, then have full opportunity for basically not only the way that their brain functions, but the way that their brain communicates and thinks with the rest of the body. And it becomes more in, aligned and in Absolutely. communion. And so it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a big long, it might be taking a few minutes a day to just mindfully breathe or those forest baths that you spoke about. I tell you that is never leaving my mind again. I love it. That's I lo- what I do. <laughs> I love it because that's a form of meditation. Absolutely. Sure, sure. So you mentioned something earlier about vibrational health and we, we've got like a little bit more time and I'd love if you can go further into that. So talk to me about what you mean by vib- vibration, sorry, vibrational medicine. Not yeah. Health, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, there's a broad spectrum there, but uh, in the book, I I, choosed, I chose to examine uh, the influence of aromatherapy, for example, mm. uh, essential oil uh, infused into the air on different mental uh, uh, mental states, emotional states. Uh, so I explore that to to a degree, and and looking at the clinical trials. Uh, you know, for example, they found in England when lavender was diffused into an extended care facility, uh, all the residents after a very short period of time chose the lavender oil, which helped them sleep better, and it was less expensive than sleep medications, and they didn't feel groggy and drowsy from taking a, a sleeping pill. Hmm. Um, so that's just one example. Or putting it maybe in a bath carefully or right, it right. Be before bed is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. However, it could be diffused right into the room or, mm-hmm. or there's a very common um, condition in uh, many uh, 
uh, uh, institutes where, uh, of what they call sunset um, disruption, where, where residents of institutions, they get really upset around when the sun starts to go down. Hmm. And they found that diffusing oils into that environment really calms down all of the uh, patients as well. Uh, but also I include in there uh, some of the uh, uh, homeopathic uh, remedies that are very useful for different types of uh, um, conditions that can come up with uh, different individuals. For example, the tremor of Parkinson's, hmm. uh, different kinds of conditions associated with uh, um, attention deficit disorders, etc. cetera. Uh, and I also explore to a degree... Um, mainly the research of my wife, Lori, and myself with regards to flower essences and uh, mushroom essences, hmm. which uh, I took about 26 years to uh, research and develop and put a book out about that topic. So these are very useful for both spiritual and soul-related connected conditions, where very often we're finding that one of the reasons why people suffer anxiety, depression are associated with a disconnect between the way they're feeling and the and what's happening in their life, or or past, uh, say, post traumatic stress disorder that keeps repeating a pattern within their body, and so so I I I, I follow that as well, and including uh, the uh, great work that's been done in Johns Hopkins associated with um, psilocybin and microdosing of psilocybin for helping reconnect the serotonin receptors and their modification of feeling good in the brain. So there's all kinds of vibrational type of uh, um, avenues that are explored in the book. Hmm. That's fascinating. And so basically you're talking about using some of these things just because they're pleasant to use, but that they're also creating communication between our mind, our emotions, and our body? Is that a fair way to say it? Uh, I think it is. I think that uh, very often uh, uh, the disconnect that goes on um, really causes uh, a lot of internal stress and dysfunction within the body, or there seems to be a split of what, what, who am I really, Mm -hmm. and what are the expectations of other people in life? And then people get caught up very often in those anxious states. And I, I notice that it's not just in the elderly. I, I notice very the millennials, the younger people, they really seem to have a, a difficulty with um, coming to grips with what they need to do to really feel that they can own their own, uh, have some power about their own direction in life. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of that comes from uh, the massive amount of input coming from different sources that is telling people what they should be and how they should be and how they should do everything? And they're overriding, they're not paying attention to their internal cues? Do you I think, think you're, you said yeah. that brilliantly. I think that's exactly what's going on. Listening to their own gut, listening to their own heart. Yes, exactly. yes, which we don't emphasize enough. I mean, we hear it, it's in books and that, but... Everybody's like, stay plugged in and don't take those forest walks and don't do this because it's all too much to do. So, Robert, thank you. I mean, this is brilliant. I I want to make sure that um, 
we give people your contact information. So again, the name of the book is Rejuvenate Your Brain Naturally. And I believe everything we've spoken about, you have uh, that information in there, correct? Oh, yes, and more. All right. So it's not just a book for people who have like a massive background in this field, but it's a good book for you to go out and get educated. And um, you can... If you're in Canada, you can get that book by going to Robert's website, which is selfhealdistributing.com. And anywhere else in the world, because I think you've been selling it all over the world, haven't you? You can get it through Amazon. Uh, If you would like to contact Robert, um, you can contact him at sense at telusplanet.net. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. And um, just send him an email if you want him to go. I believe you go and talk all over the world, don't you? Yeah, well, there's a few. I have never been to Asia yet, but if, or Australia, if, okay, if there's so anybody come, out there. So come on. <laughs> if we have any Australian or, a, or Asian countries that are listening, Robert needs to add that to his list of go-to places. He's got cool things that he'd like to share. <laughs> Their minds and your minds mm-hmm. and who knows where it can go. Because we're trying to work in a collaborative way, right? It's, it's not about a country, but it's about coming together. So, Robert, thank you so much. You've been brilliant with the information you've shared. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy taking the time to come and... No, it's no problem. I thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, if, again, the information, you can contact Robert at sense at telusplanet.net. If you would like to contact me, you can email me at katherinepotter at shaw.ca or go to my website, katherinepotter.ca. So next week, we're going to be talking about making sense of astrology, and um, it seems to be either a beloved topic or a demonized topic, and so we'll chit-chat about making sense of astrology. Until then, how about we pay attention to the messages our body is giving us? And to the best of our ability, make choices that support vibrant mental emotional and physical health so maybe this is the week you're going to take that walk in the forest and we'll remember Robert talking to us about a forest bath or just take a few moments to calm down relax and and then get informed about some of the natural choices because your body has an intelligence and maybe we need to just get in sync with it so have a really good week and um, welcome back next week Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.